This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk cricket before we get to the football. Australia then going to stumps at 105 without loss on day one of the uh, first test against South Africa. The Wacker in Perth, South Africa, earlier dismissed for 242. Cricket correspondent Johan LaRue is on the line uh, to take us through the day as it happened. Johan, thanks for joining us. Did, uh, did South Africa throw it away with the bat or did Australia simply take control of the ball in the first innings? Thanks, Dwayne. Uh, it was just one of those uh, thing, one of those days when things just weren't happening for South Africa. Uh, the, the Australia bowlers did bowl very, very well up front as well. And uh, I can't really... I mean, there were a few odd shots played by some of the top-order batsmen, but uh, uh, most of them getting out to very good catches and very good deliveries as well. But like I said, it just was one of those days when things didn't go right for South Africa and I know a lot of people are very negative at the moment because uh, South Africa bowled out for 242 in uh, three sessions or two and a half sessions on day one but I think the, the big positive that the Proteas can take out of this is that they didn't fall apart for 150 like we've seen them do in in the past because at one stage they were 32 for four and that's when Quinton de Kock got stuck in, Temba Bavuma got stuck in a little bit as well so that's a big positive and, and the big news for uh, the big positive for South Africa as well is that they are still in this match, even though they are under a tremendous amount of pressure uh, because uh, tomorrow they will have to pick up some quick wickets. And uh, it's not just because of the scoreboard that they're under pressure. It was also because of how comfortable the Australian openers looked against uh, the Proteus fast bowlers and also on that track. So I think that the Proteus might be in for a very difficult day tomorrow. It's going to be a long day in the field. It's going to be another hot one in Perth. And uh, I think it's going to be very tough for the South African fielders. Yeah, it certainly is. But uh, I've got to ask you, though, I mean, since the start of last year, Mitchell Stark's taken 19 wickets in the first over of an innings across all formats. I mean, that's that's something that, that the South Africans are, are sure to have known. So, so why wasn't this sort of greater effort to see him off uh, a little better in the opening overs? I think he's just that burning that well at the moment, and uh, that's one of the reasons why the Australian selectors wanted to bring him in, even though he is still recovering from that injury that he picked up in training more than a month ago. Uh, so because he, he really is that good, and uh, his bowling at the moment is absolutely outstanding. He, he struggled a little bit against uh, Sri Lanka in that test series, but uh, he always seems to bring out his best when he does play against South Africa. And I think it was also one of those situations where the, the protest batsman just didn't quite know how to control him. Uh, early on, Stephen Cook was the first to go by a dismiss by Mitchell Stark, and that was a terrific catch in the slips by, by Marsh. And then also a few good deliveries to get rid of uh, J.P. Dumini and uh, Fafta Plessy, or rather uh, Fafta J.P. Dumini got rid, um, was gotten rid of by, by Siddle. Um, and then also uh, Vernon Philander that was just a, a poor shot being played by him. But yeah, Mitchell Stark is bowling very well at the moment. So yeah, not too, not too much that the Proteus batsman could have uh, done. And I might sound a little bit biased at this stage, but I think it's needed because uh, a lot of Proteus fans are very disappointed at the moment. Yeah, no doubt. And David Warner, of course, getting going in sensational fashion. But I do want to ask about one individual. Dale Stain looked like he was nearly back to his brilliant best. Uh, I mean, he even topped out, what, over 150 k's an hour already today, which for me suggests he's uh, over any of the injury concerns. But how close is he to being the record-breaking Dale Stain that we know, in, in your opinion? 
Well, Dale Stein, at the moment, like you said, he was hitting the 150 mark on, on quite a few occasions, and he is bowling extremely well. I think uh, he was quite frustrated at the, at the start of the innings. I think he tried to use the short ball on too many occasions. So I think if he wants to be effective tomorrow, he'll just have to bowl a little bit more smartly. But uh, Dale Stein in test cricket, I think that is obviously his, his format, and, and that's where he belongs. And I think that at the moment, if he can maybe just perform well uh, today or, or and rather tomorrow morning early when uh, the second day gets underway. We could see Dale Stain returning to his absolute best. And we all know that it takes one or two wickets for Dale Stain, and then he gets pumped up, and, and then he really is uh, a batsman, or rather a bowler that is very difficult for the batsman to play. So I think if, if he can start well tomorrow morning, we could see uh, a terrific display by him. But it's all going to be about how they start against uh, the Australian batsman tomorrow morning. It's going to be all about attacking. It's going to be all about wickets. And uh, I think if South Africa can restrict Australia to less than 400. I think it could be game on. Anything uh, more than 400, uh, I think Australia will take a one lead in this test series. Yeah, that is the worrying uh, factor. And indeed, David Warner going along at, what, five and over in the uh, opening innings so far. He'll resume on 73 in the morning and then Sean Marsh with him on 29, also looking decent. But Johan LaRue, thank you very much for your insights and opinions tonight and enjoy day two. Thank you very much, Dwayne. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader now. Uh, one of the big talking points this week certainly has been the uh, the match that led to Mushin Atrigal's departure at Orlando Pirates. Supersport United humiliating Buccaneers 6-1 with a quite remarkable second half in their Amps Premiership clash at Mbomela Stadium on Tuesday. But Pirates were leading that match 1-0 at half-time, but Anil Lizzulignani then found an equaliser shortly after the restart. Before Michael Boxall, New Zealand uh, right-back, found two goals in two minutes to give Supersport United a uh, little bit of a jolt that would ultimately culminate in that joint record defeat for Orlando Pirates. Well, we've got uh, Michael Boxall on the line. Michael, thanks for joining us. Hello. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Now, I've I, I got to bring this up. You, you made your debut against Orlando Pirates. You scored the winner in that infamous game that was played over two days last season because of floodlight failure. But <laughs> but what is it about scoring against Orlando Pirates with you? To be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Just The ball just seems to happen to fall to me at the right place at the right time against the same team. I don't know. It's... <laughs> quite strange but hey, I'll, I'll keep putting away if it keeps falling to me like that yeah you want to be playing pirates every day one of those <laughs> pirates are your bunny at the moment but uh, no I mean in all seriousness though I mean Supersport United uh, scoring six goals in a 36 minute period in the second half I mean that's that's nothing short of extraordinary I mean have you had a chance to sit back and reflect on the game and and, and if so what do you put that result down to I mean not entirely I mean we've shown We've been dangerous this season and had a lot of chances, but we've never looked like scoring six in a game, let alone a half. So, I mean, the boys are very happy with their performance, but we've been threatening with chances like that, but oh, it's, it's tough to explain, but we'll take that. Have you ever been involved in a match uh, where, where, where six goals have been scored? Or was it, <laughs> I mean, six and one half is, is really pushing it, but have you ever been involved in one of those games? Maybe against uh, one, of the, one of the island teams playing in... Continental competition in uh, in Oceania. Oh, it's definitely been a while. I think definitely been involved in a game where I've scored six in a game, but six and forty-five. That's I don't know. If you would have asked me, like, it wouldn't have happened since probably age group New Zealand stuff against the island teams, but definitely not at this level. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, uh, I just I can't get over the uh, the extraordinary result that is. But uh, look at, looking ahead, though, this is something that I've got to talk about because um, you know you're, you're playing a side that is effectively the, the best team in Africa coming up. I mean, you know, people talk about complacency, complacency after big results, but I suppose there's any there's no real danger of complacency following a result like that when you've got uh, the the African champions next up. You must be really motivated now. Yeah, sure. Obviously, it, it means a lot to us that the way we're playing and the way Baxter has us set up allows us to, to put that many goals away. So it definitely gives us confidence that it's working and obviously we just need to keep that going and uh, keep the foot in the accelerator for the game against obviously Sundowns are one of the best, the best team on the continent right now. So we just have to keep that going. In terms of cup matches, though, I mean, you know, Ned Bank Cup champions that you are, do you feel an added responsibility to, to perform well in cup competitions now? I mean, not particularly just in cup competitions. I think since we've won that, we know as a team what we're capable of. So every time we step onto the field, whether it's cup of the league, we have to we have to be at that very, very top level that we showed last season. Now, look one of the one of the one of the uh, standout points has been the uh, the sort of return to form of Renelle Villetulignani. I don't want to ask you to speak about your teammates individually uh, t- too often, certainly not. But uh, Renelle Villetulignani has been a special player so far. I mean, he's playing some phenomenal football. Just give us an idea, because many are still concerned about his age, and there's lots said about him. Give us an idea of how hard he still works behind the scenes, especially in training. Uh, actually, I was since you've just said that, something popped up to my mind when. Me and Brocky, we arrived for our first day of um, pre-season. I remember just watching him in the small side of position games. And I said, it was my first time seeing him up close. And I said to Brocky, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be very good for us this year. And he has been and was obviously very instrumental on Tuesday night. So it's good to see him being rewarded for his hard work and obviously showing his class. And uh, the season's only young, so looking forward to playing with him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued that you say that. What was, what was it specifically that uh, that stood out for you? Was it just his, his, his different layers that he's able to produce even at training? Yeah, I think even on that the very first day of preseason, obviously when he's had a bit of time off, he's just his touches and his vision for passes just just a touch above everyone else. It was just obvious from the that very first day. Let's talk about you on an individual note as well. I mean, uh, on an international note, I've got to say, you got back-to-back World Cup qualifiers against New Caledonia coming up uh, as well. You, you're going to be heading off to uh, to New Zealand for uh, for those back-to-back World Cup qualifiers. You've, you've already qualified for the FIFA Confederation Cup next year in Russia as well. But, I mean, how much do you actually learn on international duty, especially in matches like those recently where you you narrowly lost out to Mexico, a very strong team, and then, of course, played to a one-all draw with Jürgen Klinsmann's USA. And if I'm not mistaken, you actually set up the equaliser in that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Just set pieces just fell for me again. But, um, yeah, obviously, international football, you want to be playing against the best teams. And we got the, we're got we lucky to get the opportunity to play Mexico and the USA the last window. And obviously have some big games in Russia next year. Um, but yeah, you do learn a lot, and to as a professional sports person, I guess in in any field, you really want to measure yourself against the best in the world. And fortunately, we we got that opportunity in the last window, and we'll definitely get that opportunity again next year.
Lots of international windows at the moment. I mean, you know, you guys have got a top quality side. There's no doubt about it. But uh, and I presume it can be a little problematic at times for a side like uh, Supersport United because you, you're at Jeremy Brocky. Uh, he is on international duty from time to time. Dean Furman, Tuso Pala, Kingston and Carter, Ronan Williams, Dove Warme, uh, Clayton Daniels. I mean, all these guys have played on international duty in, in recent times. I mean, d- does it make it difficult when returning from international duty to gel or is it uh, a little easier considering that you're actually playing some really good quality competitive football while you're away? No, I think it's definitely good because everyone goes away, kind of does their thing, but everyone, I think because everyone does come from such far-reaching places, obviously all over the world for this team, that when they come together, I know they're just, for some reason, there is just that unity because everyone looks, when you come to the world, when you come back to Super Sport, everyone looks um, everyone, like they don't really have too much community away from the football team so our whole family is Super Sport United so when we come back that's what we all play for and what we all give everything for well, I tell you what, you uh, you guys certainly played uh, and, and left it all out of the pitch on Tuesday against uh, Orlando Pirates. It's a phenomenal result to score six and a half against a side with the quality <laughs> of Orlando Pirates. I'm still dumbfounded by that result, and I think uh, many of the players are too. I know even Stuart Baxter was uh, completely flabbergasted by the result. That said, uh, best of luck against um, the Mamelodi Sundowns this uh, weekend in the uh, Tolkien Knockout, and certainly best of luck on international duty as well. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, mate. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. 30 minutes to 7 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now, uh, we've got to talk about uh, one of the big stories of the day as well. Speaking of Orlando Pirates, uh, the fact that they now have Benson Klongo as a second assistant coach. Uh, confirmed earlier today, uh, caretaker coach Augusto Palacios will uh, take over after the departure of Mushina Atugal. But uh, Bradley Cornell is remaining as an assistant coach. But uh, 35-year-old Benson Mthlongo, who's a legend of uh, South African football, has been uh, tasked to act as a second assistant coach. And uh, Benson has uh, very kindly come through the studio tonight. Benson, uh, thank you for joining us and congratulations on your appointment. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, you are somebody who commands a great deal of respect in the football world. Um, but you're also somebody who loves Orlando Pirates. I, I know you've had a bit of a love-hate relationship over the years <laughs> with Orlando Pirates, but I know at heart you've always loved Orlando Pirates. Yes. Uh, what does it mean for you to be back and, and, and getting this opportunity at a club like Orlando Pirates? I can't explain how I feel. It's, it's a dream come true. Uh, I always look up to the chairman. He's from Alex, and I always wanted to learn a lot of things from him. And uh, I really appreciate Mr. Nkosan for being in contact with me and keep on pushing me and encouraging me and say, uh, it's life, we make mistakes, but it's how you come back and rectify them. And I really want to thank him from the bottom of my heart and thank the chairman for the opportunity they gave me. I can't explain how I feel. It's It's a dream that... I never had when I was playing. I never thought one day I can be in this position. I, I thought that as a player I could win a, a star for a club and say thank yeah. you to him. But in this magnitude, I can't explain it. 
It all seems very sudden, though. I mean, was this something that was actually in the planning stages before Ertugol's departure, or, or is this something that's, that's only recently happened in, in literally a matter of, of, of a day? You know, the chairman said to me, uh, in life there are people that want shortcuts. Uh, they don't want to wake up in the morning. They just want to ask someone money. They don't want to struggle for success. He likes people that work for what they want. And that's what he expects for me. And I know that I've been working all my life. And I can say thank you to God for making me a humble person and a God-fearing person that sometimes you cannot see the light. Only him can see it. But believe and work hard to come through. And thanks to my wife and family for keeping me grounded and believing. I've been out from work for about two years now. But I keep on believing that someday, one day, someone will appreciate the work that I've done for them before. You, you mentioned your wife. Uh, I believe Pretty was the one who was behind you, encouraging you to actually uh, to take up coaching post-playing. Uh, post um, she's obviously been a great influence in your life. It must have been one of the, the great steps. I mean, I know you've been involved with some younger players and some teams in lower tiers, but this is first real coaching opportunity. Just give us an idea of your, your coaching background briefly. <laughs> no, I've done my, my CNT. And while I was playing, I used to, to help teams. Uh, my, my references in Bombella, when they were in Vodacom, I helped them to go to the playoffs. Right now, pre-season, I've, I've been training with uh, Alexandra United. You know, in Captain Park, there are boys that I trained because I love football. Yeah. Yeah, I love football too much that uh, not achieving. It's not what I think of. This is this is one thing that I, I, I don't think everybody necessarily knows about you. you. You're somebody who not only once, twice had injuries that would have ended just about any other player's career. But such is your love, such is your dedication, such is your character, that you came back on both occasions. Uh, I mean, that, that for me tells a story about, about who you are uh, and harboring ambitions to play further. But do you ever have these ambitions to, to be a coach? And do you see yourself one day being a head coach <coughs> in the PSL, for example? My, I just want to be in a good structure that achieves. I just want to see South African football one day winning World Cup. So if I can be in the structure that can help me to be part of that structure that can win and change this country. Uh, Paris has given me a platform that I never thought I'll be. I know I've been a player there, but to win this magnitude, I hope that I'll bring the second star, will bring the second star. And to be part of this uh, organization, what more can I ask for in this country? The, look, Orlando Pirates, no doubt, is, is an enormous club. I mean, the, the, the respect to, to Orlando Pirates is, is immense across the continent. And uh, for, for many countries, it's, it was until Sundowns uh, achieved the star uh, relatively recently. Pirates was as familiar as any club across the continent because of the achievement in 95. But, Benson, you, you're joining the club now at arguably its lowest ebb in 30, 40 years. Um, uh, you know, this is, this is the, it, it's something you can't avoid. But I mean, w- <coughs> what is the mood like 
in the camp following that horrific defeat and how do you recover mentally psychologically from a defeat like that if you work honest you won't be afraid for challenges because you know you work honestly it is difficult to come back from such a loss uh fortunately there are still players that uh, i know but now there's no favors they they all know since i was playing i don't do favors they just have to understand maybe they have lost touch with the reality that they are playing for the biggest brand in africa maybe they think only in south africa and some get relaxed to think they're at home now they can just walk in the park so for 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 us is to remind them what brand it is and on my side i know what the brand had made for me while I was still playing, even after, mm. it still made me who I am. I, 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 I've been relevant because of them, more relevant. I don't say first didn't do it Sanders, but mm. after Pirates, it was not the same until today. Now it's going to be worse. So they need to understand this point that uh, uh, this brand opened doors for you. You had your first opportunity to go to training earlier today. Um, what I mean, did you did you find you were able to settle into to the role? And 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 what exactly um, is your role going to be? Has it been completely discussed with you? What what's expected of you? Uh, the, the coach did uh, uh, explain to us to say we are his assistant. Uh, now, if you you know your role. Mine is to be assistant. I'll assist the coach wherever he wants me to be. And I'll assist the club, because we're all working for the club. I know for a fact that the club needs players that are committed. I'll assist in the department, and I'll assist the coach where he needs me tactical. But emotionally and spiritually, that I'll do on my own, because that I can do. Mm. These players must understand that playing for this team, what it means, and coaching I learn from the coach. It's two different things. Yeah, there's there's a rumor going around though that Augusto Palacios is, is is banned things like cell phones since the uh, defeat and since he's been given the opportunity as a, as caretaker coach. Is is that what has happened? And is he has he put a focus on being more disciplined and more focused since he's stepped in? I, I've worked with the coach before Palacios. People tend to talk him badly. He's just a disciplined coach. Um, he, he, if you discipline, we won't have problems with him. So, you know, in, in this country, we don't like discipline. We like easy things. So he's a discipline. He, he likes what is straight. If he says we train at two, as a professional, he must be there early. Mm. You can't come five to two. If you say it's time to eat, we all eat. We all wear the same. We all do the things the same. It's just that our players are spoiled. And Palacios doesn't do favors. So I know him. He just wants you to be committed and be disciplined. So people like to talk in party and that's not right. I do want to ask you about the uh, remainder of the technical team. Uh, Elsa Storm was at Kaiser Chiefs. Bradley Connell was at Kaiser Chiefs. Rowan Fernandez was at Kaiser Chiefs. Even Augusto Palacios used to coach at uh, Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> 
We're feeling that there's a lot of outside influence <coughs> at Orlando Pirates now. And some people have made jokes about that or made light of it. But in terms of overall, the, the people that are at the club right now, do you believe that these are the minds, these are the people that can get the best out of these players and get Pirates back to its former glory? Uh, you cannot judge a person by, by, by looking at him or, or where he comes from. Uh, I've got a role to play there. Uh, uh, and I know my role very clear. And Chairman made it clear to me what's my role. Uh, there are staff that don't need tactics when you talk about the human being giving 110%. You don't need tactics there. If, if we can get that right first. We've got quality. Look, we've got quality. That's six one. It doesn't mean don't have quality. It's just the mind frame. Yeah. Must be in the right place. So it doesn't matter who comes from where, as long as you know why why you're here and you do your job honestly, then it's okay. You're going to be on the bench against Highlands Park on Saturday night, are you? I'm a second assistant coach. Just checking. The coach will tell me. The coach will tell you. Yes. You're ready for Highlands Park then. An opportunity as well in the cup match, I suppose, to, to turn around that result. I'm here to assist. The coach will tell me where to assist. Benson Klongo, it's, uh, it's, it's a delight to chat to you. I, as I say, I, I am so familiar with your character. I covered your entire career as a commentator, and it's, uh, it, it's great to see you growing as an individual. And I, I welcome you to the coaching ranks because I think you, uh, you're the type of disciplined, determined character that coaching needs. And I, I think it's phenomenal that you are going to be given this opportunity to give back. So I wish you everything of the best, Benson. Thank you very much for uh, joining us in the studio. I'd just like to say to para supporters, please welcome me back. I honestly want and sorry for whatever I've done or hurt you. I didn't mean to harm you. I don't think Pirates supporters are going to hold it against you. I can, I, I'll say that. I know a couple, and they were excited when they were hearing that you are going to be back at the club. I appreciate it. I'll do my best. But that is testament to your character, Benson. Thank you. Benson Klongo, new second assistant coach at Orlando Pirates. That's where we're going to leave it tonight uh, from uh, Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocca. Have a lovely evening. We've got to say cheers. Stay tuned for Naledi Malo. She's up after the news with the talk shop. Goodbye. It's 7 o'clock.